Greetings, friends and family. It is the weekend of Sunday, August the 9th, and I hope that you and yours are doing well. You know, last week we began looking at the book of Ephesians. And so we want to take just a minute and look at what we discussed in week one of our look at and study of Ephesians. And and we said that the, the interesting thing about religion is, is God, sort of a tongue-in-cheek quote, so to speak. You see, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to praise to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. What a great word, lavished. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. And we learn in Ephesians 1 that we connect with, with this God, the, 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 the God of the universe, the Father, through our needs for providence, power, and purpose. You know, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, there's this prayer that gathers up everything hinted at in the first chapter of this letter. It's a benediction that speaks to the very nature of the providence, power, and purpose. Now to God, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to God be the glory in the church and in the Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. This week we're going to continue as we look at chapter 2, verses 11 through 22 from Ephesians. I'm going to read from the NIV. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with all its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be wholly pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. As a kid, I loved to play kickball. We, we would gather together at the field at Ebonport Elementary, Go Eagles in Rock Hill during, during recess to play. There was nothing organized about it. One of the older kids would devise some system for composing the teams. 
captains would be identified, and they would choose the players for their teams, alternating one after the other. I can remember standing, my, my hands sort of clenched and, and pressed into each other, waiting to hear my name, wondering if I would be included, if I would make one of the teams, or would I instead be watching from the sidelines? In life, there are insiders and outsiders. The welcome mat is placed for some and not for others. Some are accepted, others are rejected. Perhaps you yourself have had the experience of being on the inside, of, of knowing acceptance. It's a secure feeling. Maybe you yourself have also known the rejection and the exclusion. It can be frustrating, disillusioning. What do these questions, what do these issues have to do with us? Reading this letter to a strange place and to a people identified by the word Ephesus some 20 centuries later. The answer, if I may be so bold to say it, is, well, it has everything to do with us. You see, the primary issues for us today in 2020, the primary issues for us in 2020, are not any different than they were over 2,000 years ago. Our still basic need is our acceptance before a holy God, our access to God, and our acceptance somehow then of one another. The good news, Paul confesses, is that there is wideness in God's mercy. The good news, Paul insists, is that Jesus Christ has destroyed the distinctions between insider and outsider, accepted and rejected. This is good news for you and I, because you see, we are the outsider to whom Paul refers. We are the Gentiles. We are the ones who were once far off, but have now been brought near. There is wideness in God's mercy. This has happened through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the blood of the cross, a cross that represents the peace that God has made with his creation, with the world. A cross that represents all divisions, a cross that communicates God's desire for his creation, for the world. The wall of division was the wall of, of, of temple and of law, which separated the holy people from the unclean, which prevented many people, most people, from God, which limited the access. God was hidden within the walls, but this could never be God's ultimate purpose, for it is true. There is wideness in God's mercy. In Jesus Christ, God looks upon the multitudes and has compassion. That's Mark 6, and says, you are included. In Jesus Christ, God looks upon the Gentile and says, you are included. In Jesus Christ, God looks upon the stranger and says, you are included. In Jesus Christ, God looks upon children and says, you are included. In Jesus Christ, God looks upon women and says, you are included. God looks upon the prodigal of Luke 15 and says, you are included. In Jesus Christ, God looks upon you and me and us and all of my stuff and all of our conditions and says, you are included. This is the radical message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are no longer insiders and outsiders. There are no longer the accepted and the rejected. There are no longer the holy and the unclean in Jesus Christ. 
They're no longer some who play the game and others who have to watch from the sidelines. Jesus has broken down the dividing wall between these groups. In Jesus, the two groups have become one. Without him, there is chaos. We are included. And the visible sign of this inclusion is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is a reminder that nothing can separate us from his love. It's a reminder that we were bought with a price. It is a reminder that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. It is a reminder that God's love is expressed to us in the miraculously good news that while we were still in that sin, while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ took the hit and died for us. Romans 5.8. What does it mean for us then? That the excluded are now included. What does it mean for those on the inside and for those on the outside? Well, for those on the inside, in the day of Jesus, this would have referred to those who officiated in the temple and who knew the laws. We, we open ourselves to the possibility that God is not confined to our traditions, to our codes, and to our formulas. The cross takes precedence over circumcision and the inclusion now of Gentiles. The cross expresses the heart and the character of a God whose covenant was intended for the blessing of all the families of the earth. Genesis 1, excuse me, Genesis 11. So then we we broaden our circle a little, remembering that there is wideness in God's mercy. For those on the outside, the cross can be good news if it is embraced. Sometimes we become accustomed to being outsiders standing apart, not taking our place in the circle. Yet the history of God's salvation continues, weaving together insider, outsider, offering new interpretations of the law. Jesus, you said, you have heard it said that it was said, but I say to you, we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago in the Sermon on the Mount. The outsiders are welcome, transformed into insiders, not a different version, not a cleanup, not a reboot, but a complete make a complete new creation. We become one body through the cross. There are no longer two groups. There is no longer us and them. It's just us in Christ. It's so important that we understand that. It's not that there's just just us out there floating around. No, it is in Jesus Christ that there's no longer us and them. Jesus comes into our world to make peace, to unify, to integrate. This great work was accomplished in his body on a cross, and it continues in his body here, the church. And at times I forget. At at times I think collectively we forget, and, and we lapse into our very, very comfortable divisions, looking toward those who who look and think and dress and appear like us and turning away from those who are quote-unquote strangers and aliens to us. But this is never God's dream for, for the church. God wants something more of us. The miracle of being included when it happens is a foretaste of something greater. We know it when we see it. We rejoice when we experience it. Because there is a wideness in God's mercy. In Jesus Christ, fully divine and fully human, there is this, there's the creation of one new humanity. So in a divided and conflicted world, 
This is the best possible news that we could ever have. Ephesians 2. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you and I, who were once far away, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit, Consequently, you and I are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by a spirit. In closing, closing, I want to read again Ephesians 1, 20 through 21. Now to God, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And until we're together again, may God hold us all in the hollow of his hand. Amen. And God bless. Go in peace.